0: back to 88.3 WXUTs after further review as I got David the man of God Harris here on the phone lines and David we're going to get into your uh, winners and losers segment huh how you been actually the last couple of weeks that you weren't on last week
1: yeah last last week I was too busy engulfed into the football and completely missed the show but yeah back in the saddle once again a lot of good Football has been happening over the past two weeks. Which is surprising, because usually about this time, it's kind of boring and not a whole lot of surprises.
0: Yeah, it is true. So uh, let's see if we can get the music up, potted up here real quick as you've been listening to us. And like I said, make sure you always check us out on after further review. As you know, he always, <laughs> David always has the... You know what we're going to do, David? <clears throat> yep. Uh, uh, get into that. After further reviews, winners and losers of high school, or not high school, well, sometimes high school, college and pro football. Go ahead, David.
1: All right, we're going to start off with the winners. And of course, because we're in Ohio, we have to start with the Cleveland Browns finally winning a football game because I, I think that broke all of Northeast Ohio, Twitter. People, I think, are still drunk from their free Bud lights. But yeah, I mean, what can you really say? It was a good game, battle of two rookie quarterbacks, although it was mostly Terod Taylor, and then Jacob Mayfield came in on the second half to kind of seal the deal. But yeah, the Cleveland Browns finally won a football game, and we talked about it early kind of when we were doing our previous show. It's like, this is a different Browns team. Like, looking at this defense... What they are kind of trying to figure out to do offensively, they have some pieces put together. And I know we joked about it on the show, like you know, maybe five wins was a little too low for us when we were doing our when I was doing my prediction.
0: Uh, it, it, I, I, no, I, I still think five or six wins is for them. I mean, they still have a shoddy offensive line. I still think that. Baker Mayfield's a rookie quarterback, and I think, you know, like the Jets said, they didn't really prepare for him. I, I don't really get up for these wins like this because he came in. Granted, he had the moxie to get the win, but you won't know somebody's the real deal until actually teams game plan for you and take away... Maybe some of your favorite targets or some of your favorite tendencies, and see what you can actually create on the fly. So, if he makes it through the season, and he still has some of that magic, then I'll be like, okay, he's a real deal. But for right now, I said, you know, I my hat, I tip my hat off to him getting the win and everything. But you know, I'm not on the Baker Mayfield train just yet.
1: Oh no, I don't think I, I am either. I think, and partially that's on the chest, You should always game plan for anything in any situation. That's professional. And, you know, it's your job to know next-man-up mentality.
0: But, yeah, I think... But does that put Todd Bowles on the hot seat a player actually admitting that? Because you're right. You're supposed to actually game plan for the one in the two just in case of the one gets injured.
1: Yeah, I would put Todd Bowles. I'll put it on the defensive coordinator. And more so because Todd Bowles is, you know, highly talented as more of a defensive guy. Yeah, more, you know, buckets get passed on him. Like, you should know that Jeff Granick... You know, people say all the time, the coaches just said all the time, oh, Baker Mayfield's not going to play, Baker Mayfield's not going to play. But if he, if Teron Taylor gets injured, Baker Mayfield's going to play. So you got to at least have a page in the playbook to be aware of him. Granted, he didn't play a lot in the preseason, but, I mean, you've, everyone's talked about Baker Mayfield enough to, that you should have had at least something ready for him. So yeah, that, that's typical Jets play calling, and just management, but they're just not prepared. Unfortunately, that gave Cleveland its first win in, in a couple of years. Yeah. And speaking about the Cleveland Browns, another winner from the former Brown, Josh Gordon, and I know the situation him going to New England, I say is a win for him because it jump starts his career. One gives New England another weapon that's really a big play receiver i mean since the suspension and since the suspension he's averaged in the year that he was suspended he averaged over 18 yards per catch even last year he averaged over 18 yards per catch so he's a big play receiver by every stretch of the imagination and so getting tom brady another weapon when he's healthy and then also getting away from Cleveland where, yes, they gave him a lot of chances, but it seemed like they were always – like they were sold on him, but they weren't really fully in his corner. And I guess after so many chances, you know, there were time to cut his losses. But right. I think Josh Gordon is better. And I
0: think the Browns are better for this as well. Yeah, I I think sometimes you just have to get out of the the environment of Cleveland. Some people were saying he really wasn't sold on Cleveland himself. I mean, I don't know that whole situation. But whatever it was in Cleveland, I think basically was, was hampering his career. And maybe the Browns should have cut ties a long time ago. But I think sometimes in those situations, you don't want to look like the bad guy. Or, you know, you basically gave up on a person. So what you do is you keep them around. But I think at the end of the day though that um he it, it's gonna be a, uh, a a hope maybe a change of uh, of scenery can help now he didn't actually play in the game against the lions so we'll see how that i'll see this he's like the baker mayfield kind of thing it's like you know i'll i'll get up for it when he actually starts playing and stuff then i'll actually you know see if it's a win-win for the For the the, uh, Patriots Right now it's a win for the Browns Because they get rid of really a distraction And you know either he's there Or he's not there They had the reports that he practiced all week And then on Saturday He did some promo And then came back and said Oh I got a hamstring injury So I mean you know I kind of think in that culture In that environment he just wasn't really fully committed That's just me though Yeah and I
1: think Hopefully we get a little bit more of the story about the situation with that promo shoot and this hamstring injury. I guess my two cents is, I mean, if your promo shoots have any, you know, actually do, like, football workouts, like, is that really a promotional shoot or is that just, like, workout on your off game? Like, that's what I'm like. Like, it was just a lot of fuzziness. Like, you're doing drills, you're doing sprints and stuff. Like, no one does that in a promotional shoot. Like, pro or otherwise, but, yeah. I'm hoping that Josh Gordon, once he gets acclimated and inserted into that Patriots offense, maybe as early as this weekend, we'll kind of see if he still has that big playability. Sticking with the NFL, winner, Josh Allen. Now, I don't know if it's just this this game is kind of a blip, and the magic of playing in a cold-weather environment just kind of jump-started him to think that he was in Wyoming all over again. But I've I've searched all over to try to find anyone that thought the Bills would actually have a chance. And i found two people on the national scale who thought the Bills were going to win. And one of them was in Buffalo. Like, no one saw this coming. And it's like, if if we could play like this consistently... Then maybe we're all wrong about kind of the non-stats that he put up at Wyoming. Maybe he actually is good. But I'm also kind of erring on the side of caution, and I'll get to the Minnesota situation in the loser segment, but I don't know if this is Josh Allen being good, or if this is more Minnesota being that bad. But I mean, Bill so Mafia don't care, because after those first two weeks, I mean, they literally had a player quit in the middle of a game because
0: that situation was just like, I can't do that. So. Yeah that 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 was that was that was kind of bad. I, I've never seen that happen either. It was funny, but it it wasn't funny. You, you can't you can't quit like that in the I I mean, it, basically he just said the Bills are just the Buffalo. It's just bootiness just 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 you, you guys are so bad that you made me quit you know and it's like you know it's just like when you're getting beat badly on a video game and you just hit the reset button and you walk out the room and throw the controller on the ground that's what re- that reminded me of davis doing that uh when he when he basically retired at halftime like it was just like man you guys are so whack that i ain't coming back yeah I, i'm done i'm done you know what i'm gonna And I don't know what would be worse. I got to ask you this. He says he retired, but would it be bad if he tries to come back and then play on another team?
1: I mean, honestly, a lot of the locker room, whatever locker room you would go into, would have a lot of questions like, dude, like, we know that you have the ability, because we've seen it, Mm -hmm. for you to just up and quit when (laughs) you're just not feeling it. And I mean part of like he said in the statement that you know, he was going through the drills and everything was fine and then just midway through the game he was like, I can't give a hundred percent and so he that's when he walked away. So I mean at least we give him credit for that. But I think if he did try to get on a team like it will take a uh, even being a veteran who's been around the league a long time, I mean he played in Indianapolis, you know, majority of his early parts of his career. Right. And so kind of like, yeah, this is just unprecedented. So I think someone will take him back because secondary in the NFL, now that the league is a passing offense, mm-hmm. yeah, someone may pick up the phone and be like, hey, we need you. And so maybe he comes in, but then I'm also like, and if you quit, like that, that's going like, to, like tip the scales on the legacy a little bit and just kind of how people will think about you moving forward. But, yeah, if he quits again, like, your legacy's tarnished.
0: Right. That, yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Keep going.
1: Right. And then the last winner I would have for these past two weeks is Duke football. Because for the first time in seemingly forever, Duke football is nationally ranked. And I know people think of Duke as a basketball school because it is. And when we talk about college basketball later in the year, we'll, you know, we'll obviously hype up Duke because they're Duke. I mean, shout-out to Duke football. Like, like I know we had a couple of blips where the other side of Tobacco Road, where North Carolina had the little kind of high-rise in Duke football. And or in Carolina football was ranked, and they were doing well, and we were talking about them. But Duke, we, we've seen this a couple of times now, where they just, they're kind of like Northwestern. In a sense, that football, you really don't think of them as a football school, because they're not. But they have just a little blip where they get a little bit of momentum, people recognizing, and playing in a power five that's really not that strong gives them some good conference wins. And next thing you know, Duke is nationally ranked, and you're like, is, is this football, or are these, like, the way, way, way too early college basketball rankings of someone that's never watched basketball? So yeah, I just, I just had to give a shout-out to Duke football, because I mean, granted, they're going to go and run into a couple of bus saw because of the ACC, but they can Maybe a decent bowl game is at the on the end of the horizon. Yeah. And now on to the losers, and I mentioned this with the Buffalo Bills, but the Minnesota Vikings, like for a team that was so close. To getting to the Super Bowl last year, for them to not be enough on offense, I will say, because their offensive line is really struggling, but you pay all this money to Kirk Cousins, which again, I still think is not worth all this money, and then all this money that's guaranteed, you expect the offense to at least be on a similar playing field to when Case Kim was leading them last year. And it really does feel like the offense has regret. I guess you have all these skill players. Yes, they're bringing back Dalvin Cook. He's returning from injury to try to reincorporate him into the offense. But like, I think we're looking for more. And yes, staff wise, it looks like it's you know stack consistent. But if you really watch that game, like Kirk Cousins, I'm sorry to say, Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback that just is stealing money and. Defensively, which is supposed to be Coach Zimmer's calling card, the defense is getting torched. They're, you know, giving up a boatload of points. Their secondary is banged up, which they've always had issues with secondary. Kind of, and now the mental health situation with Everson Griffin, they lost one of their star players up front. And so it's really a team in turmoil. And I'm trying to figure out. Not if they can get back to the NFC Championship, but can they even make the playoffs this year? Is a real legitimate question when you look at this Vikings team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Another loser, the New England Patriots, and part of me smiles because New England's struggling, and you can see the things in the armor, but I mean, getting your bears by Detroit will cause you to church. And I know people will say, oh, you know, it's just a bad game. Oh, this is the first time a, a Bill Belichick disciple actually beat Bill Belichick. I mean, no, this was a beat down. Like, the, the score is not indicative of just how well Detroit played and how horribly New England struggled. Offensively, they really could get anything together. We heard Gronk's brother come out and say it's on the receivers for not, like, utilizing the single coverages that they had because Gronk is always getting double-teamed. I'm looking at, it like, like maybe, maybe the Magic is starting to rub off a little bit. Maybe kind of those ruffling of the fellas that we've heard all offseason is starting to impact the team a little bit, and now... Going into really the first must-win game for New England in probably a decade, going up against underfied the Miami side, it's like if they lose against Miami, like they're not making the playoffs. Like I will say it right here, right now, into September, like his three games out, like they're they're not, and it may be time to really look at. The Brady Belichick partnership, and wonder like, hey, we got to start thinking about the future because how things are kind of downturning. How how the offense is looking right now. There's a lot of people asking a lot of questions that go back to the relationship between Brady and Belichick, and can that overcome really what you've seen as like the most difficult time in their relationship thus far. The third loser is kind of big upset in college football. And two I wanted to look at are Wisconsin from last or a couple of weeks ago losing to BYU, BYU, and then this past week Virginia Tech losing to Old Dominion. Now with the Hokies, they they always find a way to screw things out because they're Virginia Tech. Like one week they're destroying Florida State, and we're like, holy crap, Virginia Tech, their Ball. Getting back to defense. Next thing you know, they're losing on the road to a non conference team in Old Dominion. And everyone's like, come on, Virginia Tech. And so you kind of get this up and down with the Hokies. But then when you switch over to the Wisconsin upset, it's like, this is why no one trusts Wisconsin football. Because every year it seems like, okay, Wisconsin, you're in the top five. You're in the top 10 to start the preseason. We expect you. Because every year you talk about how you have the greatest offensive line in the history of college football. You have the greatest running attack. You have all these pieces. But then when it comes to your non-conference schedule, yes, there are times where you're playing decent competition. and I'm, I'm giving credit to BYU because they are a good group of five sides. We've seen BYU take down a lot of strong opponents out of conference. But if you're at home and you're Wisconsin, when everyone is basically saying it's either you or a combination of Ohio State, Penn State, you know, Michigan, Michigan State sprinkled in, like it's you're supposed to come out of the East, man. And everyone, and every year, they find a way to just make it interesting. And so, if I'm Wisconsin fans, I'm like, we got to figure this thing out because BYU. Exploited a lot for that time, and then the final loser are the kickers, and it's a conversation we've had a couple of times on the show. Why, or why do kickers have such a big impact on the game? And so, thinking early in the college football season, I mean, you have seen kickers miss field goals this past week the kicker didn't even run out onto the field for so the field goal attempt and then we got onto the field he missed it which that may be the funniest thing in college football that I've ever seen In the pros you have Jank Gonzalez for the, the kicker for the Browns costing them two games because he couldn't kick the field goal and of course kind of locally kind of some of the tricky walls that the Rockets have had so far early on in the season it's like Kickers, you have one job: it's to kick the ball through the two posts that are yellow. And sometimes kickers make it more difficult than the teams, and so one of those things where it's like this is why people doubt the kicking position. This is why people don't, or well, why some people don't respect the specialist. But, and so with that. That are my winners and losers for the past two weeks of college and the pros.
0: Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one, uh, uh, David. And uh, then we get into our next segment. I think. What was your next segment going to be?
1: Uh James Harrison. Like really? But that's a, he's a
0: Pittsburgh Steeler.
1: Oh, I know, and I and I know James
0: Harrison got some slack from Steelers Nation, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of them. Okay, so that, that once again, David giving you the winners and losers of, of NFL and pro football. You can always listen to his podcast here on 88.3 WHUT on SoundCloud and on itunes at wht after further review on soundcloud and after further review just on itunes make sure you subscribe to it and always give you the updates of new podcasts posted coming up next we'll take a quick commercial break talk a little bit about mr harrison from the steelers here on 88.3 whts after further review we'll be back after this